0: people. I am your host, Stephen Bagel, and this is Sports Ethos' very own The Bird Rights Podcast. I'm here today with Keith Cork, who does some Chicago Bulls coverage for the Bull, the Bulls Sports Ethos Podcast. So, Keith, how are we doing today?
1: I am doing great, man. I'm ready to watch the, the Bulls play some basketball. It's been a, a, almost a week now, I think, since I've seen Bulls basketball. So, uh looking forward to it, man. But otherwise I'm I'm good. How are you, man?
0: I'm doing well. As I told you I was actually at the Sixers um G League team, the Delaware Blue Coats today. They played the Westchester Knicks. For any of you guys who, you know, live in a G League town, I definitely go recommend because you know, those guys are fighting for their careers and their lives a lot of them. They they want to get to that next level. So it's just cool to see, you know, guys that are really putting in effort and, you know, the laziness isn't there. It's it's a very different product than both NBA and college basketball. And James Harden
1: going to sign their extension. His trade value is not there. And when you hear reports... He was been paid $16 million of his $33 million salary.
0: I know about people that have certain clauses what in their happens contracts. What next year with Giannis Tenecouba? He will be eligible for a Supermax next
1: summer if he resigns
0: a new reality is the
1: players are going to move around.
0: The players are,
1: are, are not going to want to spend their whole Eat a life. And because they didn't want to go into the penalty of the luxury yeah. tax, they traded James Harden. Somebody's going to be making 50 million a year. A home. Some... He probably
0: could have made a little bit more money this summer in free I agency. I think they got a lot more in the off-season. Huh? You got a
1: chance to secure the bag. You you secure it, man. No question. Yeah, definitely. I actually used to live uh pretty close to Hoffman Estates, which is where the uh the Windy City, uh, I think they're called the Windy City Bulls play. Yeah. I never got to see them, but Uh, But, yeah, I definitely suggest uh, going to see that. Any kind of basketball really excites me. I'll even go watch a high school game. I don't care. So, yeah, G League's cool with me, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And speaking of G League, we are going to mention, I'm sure, some previous G League players. Keith and I, were going to be talking about the Bulls. But, you know, the front office aspect of Zach Levine didn't sign – a five-year extension. Well, I guess it would have been an additional four-year extension because the fifth-year would have been changed to salary from last year. So anyway, so Zach Levine, you know, he hasn't signed that extension. We're going to talk about that. And, you know, we're going to talk about some trade targets for the Bulls. So before we get started, um, I actually heard somebody ask this on Twitter. And I, I apologize if I'm forgetting your name right now because I don't remember who it was. But they basically said, oh, this year's Bulls, Last year's Suns, in the aspect of you know, a team that came from the lottery and then all of a sudden made that one big move or a few, a one big move along a few mono moves, similar to what the Bulls did, into a serious playoff contender, or I guess a serious championship contender. So, I guess what I mean when I interpret that question is okay for real, like, is this yeah. are they actual title contenders? So, obviously, you watch more Bulls than
1: I do. So, what mm-hmm. do you think? Uh, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, uh, Stephen. You know, I I don't think that uh, the Bulls are actually title contenders. I'm not gonna like sit here and joke myself. I'm a homer. I've always been a homer. Uh, I love the Bulls. Obviously, you know, you, you heard my other hot podcast. Bold statements, not so bold predictions, which we're currently on hiatus. But we would always bring up the Bulls because I just love talking Bulls. So that's why we took on the Sports Ethos those Bulls coverage, but. Uh, you know, I, I'm here to tell you right now, I don't really think that they're a title contender. Uh, I don't see them beating a Brooklyn Nets um, you know, team in a, in a seven-game series. I definitely don't see them beating a Milwaukee Bucks team in a seven-game series. I don't see them stopping Giannis in any respect of the word. Um, I don't think that, you know, t- the title was really even in the plans uh, for uh, Arturo's uh, I'm not even going to attempt to say the last name, but AK is what I call him usually. Uh, I don't think that I don't think that you know titles were even in the plans when when they put this whole thing together. But I like that comparison though you said about the Suns. Um, and the reason I like that is because um, when the Suns signed Chris Paul, it was a very similar reaction to what people had when the Bulls signed DeMar DeRozan. It was like this guy's old, he's kind of over the hill. I don't know about that contract; it's a really bad contract. Uh, you heard a lot about the DeMar DeRozan contract being the worst contract in the league this offseason, this past offseason, and this guy's playing like an MVP candidate. I mean, I don't think he's a, a top MVP candidate right now because uh, he's obviously out with the health and safety protocols. But uh, up until that happened, I know basketball reference, he was like in the top five or something like that uh, on their tracker for for MVP trackers. So, uh, so I like that comparison a lot. I think that there is a lot of comparisons you can make between this Bulls team this year and the Suns team last year. Um, but I will tell you right now, I really don't think it's a, a title team right now as it is. Um, can they make another splashy move? Uh, yeah, this front office has shown us that uh, in this very short time they've been in charge, that they can go ahead and do that. So uh, so my short answer, I guess, sorry to be long-winded, but uh, no, I don't think they're a title contender.
0: <laughs> okay, before we get into Zach Levine talk, extension talk, trade talk, I just want to please take a moment to let everybody know to follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at ethosfantasybk on Twitter. Please follow now. Okay. So, Zach Levine, as mm-hmm. I said, I believe I'm actually pulling up the numbers now. He makes $19.5 million this year. He could have signed a... Five-year extension that would have bought out this year, bumped him up to about twenty-three and a half mil, and then you know we would have had an additional four years around a hundred and five million dollars. I'm, I, you would know probably better than I would because you know you follow the Bulls more. Did mm-hmm. has it been reported that they definitively offer that extension? I mean, I just imagine it was a formality that they did.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, there's been rumors. I don't think there's been anything that's been super like, you know this has been our offer like the bulls have not as an organization come out and said anything like that um there's been rumors that are strong enough that you can believe them i think uh and you know i think i think the bulls did kind of lowball in their extension offers uh not not because of, out of any spite or anything like that i think it's all just business honestly i think um you know the long-term goal here and and i said before that the goal of this bulls organization wasn't to win a title this year the goal was to get zach to sign the dotted line they want him to sign the extension. They're going to give him the Mac extension. It's going to happen. Um, it's going to happen probably this off season. Uh, I don't see it happening. Uh, you know, I, I don't think they are going to do it during this season, or even if, I'm not even sure if they can. But I think the whole the whole point of all their moves was just to prove to Zach, hey. You know, we can put these guys around you and make you a title contender. Um, and, and he's never been in the playoffs. I mean, this is, you know, this is a huge thing for him to have this talent around him and to be at a team that has the potential and the likelihood, I think, of being in the playoffs. Uh, and, you know, be, at least having one round of good, good playoff basketball. Uh, I don't know if they're going to advance. I think if they can advance to the second round, that's probably like the best they were shooting for in terms of basketball success. But the moves that they put together were just to get Zach to sign that extension, which I think is going to be a max extension coming up uh, in this offseason. The only reason Zach turned it down is because, uh, you know, and Arturo said the same thing. It's not because it's it's any kind of spite. Uh, and, and Zach said the same thing, too. No spite. It's just it's just a smart business decision. He's going to get more money uh, if he turns it down and, and signs the extension in the offseason. So uh, he's happy, as far as I know, with Chicago Bulls. Extremely happy. Uh, there's no reason for him to be unhappy. He's still the guy, even though DeMar DeRozan is there, you know, we can have two guys in the NBA. Nowadays you have two or three guys that are the guy. Uh, and so DeMar DeRozan and and Zach Levine can coexist. They're both happy. Um, I don't see any reason he doesn't sign the extension.
0: Well, I think I want to, I think I agree with what you said. He's going to get way more money by not agreeing to the extension. As I said before, he would have got four additional years, $104 million more guaranteed. This year, with where the salary cast projected to be, he gets 30%, which I estimate to be off about four years, $149 million. So yes, he's getting about an extra $45 million and an extra year on there. So that's where we're at. Where it gets interest- interesting, though, is if he were to make an All-NBA team, then he's Supermax-eligible.
1: Ah, that's that's interesting. Um, I think he I think he definitely has a good shot at making it. Um, You know his numbers are there. Yeah, yeah,
0: his numbers are definitely there. But it would pay him up to two hundred and thirty five million dollars guaranteed on top of the nineteen and a half this year. So I mean that's a lot of money. And we saw like the the supermax like it was implemented to get guys to stay where they're at because only your initial team that you've been with can offer it to you. Right. We've seen a lot of guys turn it down. We saw Kemba Walker turn it down from the Hornets, which they didn't offer him the mm-hmm. full Supermax. Mm-hmm. Um we saw Kawhi Leonard, it did in fact him, he requested a trade. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, he requested a trade. So I know you just went and talked about, you know, you think Zach's staying regardless. Mm-hmm. Because you know, he's happy there. They showed they could prove it. they could put a contender around him, or at least a start of a contender, even if they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. But I mean, hey, another 235 million other reasons for him to stay <laughs> if he's That's able to get that yeah. supermax.
1: That's a lot of money. That's a lot of good reasons. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think, you know, if if they were to lowball him and not give him that full supermax, I think that would be a, a good reason for him to consider leaving. I still don't know if he would. It would just be kind of a, um, I don't want to say it, a bad word. It'd be a bad move uh by the by the uh, bulls organization it just wouldn't look good so i don't really see them doing that if they do do that um it's going to leave some bad taste a bad taste in their mouth that's kind of something that like you know you talk about the front offices and i don't know if trey got this with you when he was on the show with you i i didn't hear anything about it but um when you talk about the old regime you know gar and, and and john Paxson uh lovingly referred to by bulls fans as gar packs uh who he didn't uh you know they, they they were the kind of people that would do something like that and just kind of leave a, a bad taste in a, in a player's mouth and not like give what you think they're supposed to give to the players. You got a feeling and I, and I don't know. Obviously, it's it's been a very short stint here for for tourists and, and Mark Eversley in Chicago. But you got a feeling that these guys, when they came in, it's just a dude, new regime. They've got a different different bent. They got a different focus on that. and They're not going to do something like that. So um, I, I I fully think they're going to give him the, the full Supermax if uh, he does make that all NBA team. I think it's a good chance he does. So he's going to get his bag and he he wants his bag and he needs, he deserves it. Um, you know, even though he hasn't had the basketball success on the floor as t- in terms of playoff experience, this kid, he's just gotten better every single year that he's been in Chicago, man. I wasn't even a big fan of the Jimmy Butler for uh, Zach Levine swap when it happened. Cause I was a big Jimmy F- Butler fan, but um, you know, after that happened and just seeing Zach in the first year, just grow year after year and just become such a better player, more efficient on the offensive end, making better choices on the defensive end and offensive end. Um, I, I'm all in on them. I don't see why the Bulls organization wouldn't be too.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be interesting, you know, I'm thinking there's a lot of guards out right now. I mean, obviously Kyrie Irving's not playing. Jamal Murray's not playing. Um, well, I guess Kawhi Leonard will probably qualify at forward, but, all-NBA guys, I mean, a lot of them do have, as we saw last year on the ballot, even Joe Allenbean and Jokic are both a forward and center. I say that just because to show the flexibility and versatility of guys making all-NBA. I think him and DeRozan both have legitimate chances right now. So, I mean, I would probably put, depending on games, obviously, Levine now will be a little bit behind the eight ball on that. I believe the report came out today that he's out until Christmas. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they're playing like an all-NBA-level player. They're winning. Mm -hmm. You know, I think they're going to be rewarded as such. So, yes, again, I think Zach Levine's awesome, especially coming off from not only a trade, but then you tore your ACL. Yeah,
1: the ACL. And we're
0: rehabbing during that when you were traded. So good for him for, you know, not only getting better, but, you know, overcoming adversity.
1: Yeah, that was one of the big reasons I wasn't for the trade because I just didn't know how – because he was such an explosive player before. I didn't know – I didn't really understand how good of a jump shooter he was, but he doesn't even need that part of his game, but he still has that explosiveness. So uh, it's really impressive. But yeah, I, I mean, one thing about DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, I'll mention just, just from a guy that watches every single Bulls game, usually multiple times, it, just watching these guys in the fourth quarter. And I know that this is something that the national media covers a lot, but um, that's something that I think goes a long way towards getting you those accolades, like, like an all NBA team, because uh, they're both, you know, top five in the NBA uh, in fourth quarter scoring. Uh, which is just insane to have two guys. You know, that's never been the case on a on a Bulls team. You know, the Bulls are down 10 points going into the fourth. Uh, I've pretty much always said, oh well, this is, let's just talk this up as a loss and just see, you know, what, what we can take mm-hmm. away positive from this. Uh, but yeah, we, I mean, we had um, you know multiple comebacks this season in the fourth quarter. These guys just go off like stars. They're supposed to. So um, so yeah, I think you're right that they both have a really good chance of making that.
0: Okay. So now that we established, you know, DeRozan's there. I believe he signed a three-year deal. Levine, we're expecting him to re-sign. Vucevic has another year after this year. So, and Manzo just got four years. So once you know Zach gets locked up, you have your core. You have, you know, those four guys, five guys if you want to include Patrick Williams in there, going forward. And now you know you got to build around the edges. So... I'm gonna give you a few names, and again, I know you and Trey previously previously talked about the song "Sports Ethos Bulls," mm-hmm. but my list is a little bit more extensive. Some of the names will just run down and list, and then you know, if there's somebody you're really interested in, then you know, you could tell me to stop. We'll stop every few guys, see if there's anybody we want to talk about.
1: Okay.
0: So I have Delone Wright and Cam Reddish, watch Huna Gomez, Evan Fournier. And then a whole slew of Pacers guys. TJ Warren, Jeremy Lamb, Torrey Craig, Justin Holliday. We know the Pacers are going to be rebuilding, most likely. So I don't know how serious of of a rebuild it's going to be, given that they have Rick Carlisle as coach. Mm -hmm. You know, he's more of a win-now type guy. Mm -hmm. So maybe they don't take Trey Turner and Sabonis. Maybe they keep some of the guys I'm naming just to stay relevant and somewhat competitive.
1: Yeah, I think Um, – Yeah, I, I, as far as the patients go, yeah, I, I'm not sure how to read that situation either. It's kind of tricky because Rick Carlisle just came in. Um, there's been rumors that they're, you know, ready to blow it up, but there hasn't been anything publicly stated. Um, I know Miles Turner's been in the, you know, in the media just kind of talking about how unhappy he's been with a few things with his role. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that if I was a lean away, I think I think there is going to be a sell-off at some point. Um, but I, I can't say that for certain, but if that does happen, some of the guys that you just mentioned of those guys that you mentioned, I think the two that popped out to me, that would be someone realistic that the bulls would, uh, target would be, uh, drew holiday, uh, or not, sorry, drew, sorry, Justin holiday and, um, and Torrey Craig, uh, the reason being, uh, and I, am not sure if even Justin holiday would be somebody that they would necessarily target hard, but Torrey Craig is somebody that fits a little bit better. Uh, I know that they've mentioned the bulls have that they want to, um, add, there's been rumors, of course, again, this is not something that came straight from uh Arturis or from Mark Eversley, but but they want to add a backup four, basically. Uh and Tory Craig can fit that role better than than Justin Holiday can. And Justin Holiday can play one through three. Um he doesn't really necessarily guard fours and fives. So uh he doesn't necessarily fit what we're looking for. And he's not really um I wouldn't say he's not a great defensive player. He's fine, he's pretty average. I mean, he's not, you know, he's on the he was on the bulls before. He's got a relationship with us. That's the only reason I'd throw him in there. Um, I think he's a solid player and he always gives it he plays his heart out. But um but Torrey Craig is the guy I'd be looking at like, you know, it, it'd be something where we would get up something that something that's not really that enticing to us. if we can give up almost nothing for him because why did the Pacers need Torrey Craig on their team? They're not gonna be in the in the playoffs or anything like that. Uh, then I think that we would go for that guy. Um I can reddish, uh, you didn't mention him. I do I would have a lot of interest in him if the Bulls were like concentrating on, on building around, you know, Kobe White and and Patrick Williams and like some of these younger guys. But the Bulls are more so in a win now mode than any of the recent, you know, four or five years that I you know that we've seen them. Uh after the trades, these trades they've made, I mean, obviously like you said, you brought up Booch. Uh, who's on that? He's got two more years left on his deal. He brought up uh, uh, Demar Derozan, who's got three years on his deal. He just signed that three-year deal with the Bulls. So uh, Bulls are in kind of win-now mode, so I don't see them taking young guys like Cam Reddish. But I would still be interested in him uh, if we were going to make like a longer-term plan and, and maybe uh, you know build, like I said, build around Kobe and, and, and Patrick Williams. I don't see that happening though.
0: What do you think of the idea of? Using Kobe White as a trade chip, because I mean, you gave up two firsts in the Vucevic deal. Mm-hmm. You gave up a first in the sign and trade for yep. DeRozan, and then yep. I think what was a multiple seconds for Lonzo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, though a little asset try, they could trade. I think the 27 and 28 first, maybe one, uh, or they could trade the pay or the excuse me the Trailblazers first. They acquired mm-hmm. in the market and sign and trade. Mm-hmm. So I say that because you know could Kobe White be that asset? Just, I can't imagine that asset being Patrick Williams under any circumstance.
1: No, no, no. And I, and I just talked about this with um with we had Mark, uh, Mark Kay on of uh, Bulls HQ Pod, which I was really excited to have him on. Um, I've heard a lot of him. You know, he talks with like this guy C Red Fred. Uh, these are all Bulls Twitter's guy Twitter guys, and we were so excited to have him on. And uh, no, I talked with this about I talked about this with with Mark Kay because Mark Kay he's not necessarily the biggest. Patrick Williams fan. And I, I, I can see why he's saying that to an extent because Patrick Williams hasn't necessarily been the guy we thought we were getting uh, yet. But you have to understand this guy's still still 20 years old. I mean, he's still very young. Uh, if you look at a guy like Isaac Okoro, uh, who just went out, obviously, with health and safety protocols, but in the last, like, two or three games before he went out, he was doing what they thought he was going to do. He was putting up you know, points like, like Matt. He was putting up, you know, rebounds, steals. I mean, the, you know, he's got length. He can guard one through four that's the prototype. That's the guy you need. You need, uh, you know, the future, um, not necessarily the Kevin Durant type, cause we already have DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine to cover the offense and Kevin Durant's more of an offensive player, but you need that type of player to play the defensive side. You need a Draymond green type. You need that guy on your team. Like that's just, that's just a part of the NBA going forward. That's the Patrick Williams mold. That's what Patrick Williams fits into. Um, I, I wouldn't trade this guy at all. Um, Unless you're getting like somebody that is that, is that player right now, uh, which is something Marquez said, which I agreed with, you know, if you're getting like I um, uh, I don't know uh, uh, if you're getting a uh, Scotty Barnes back or something like that, like th- that'd be crazy. Right. I would take that, obviously. But you're not getting that necessarily. Um, I would I'm carrying on to Patrick Williams. Uh, Kobe White is a trade chip. Uh, I would love to get rid of Kobe White. I don't think he fits his team at all. Uh, the problem is he's played like absolute garbage since he's come back. Um, I just don't think his trade his trade value has just got to be the lowest it's been in his entire career. If they're going to trade him, I wish they would have done it before. Uh, you know, he got injured last season. That that didn't happen. Obviously, there was just not enough direction to really do that. So I I see why it didn't happen. Um, I don't think you trade Kobe White now. I think you hang on to him until the trade deadline at least. But if he does start playing well and people start getting interested, um, yeah, I, I think you try to maybe recoup a a, a trade or a um, draft asset, like you said. Uh, that would be great if you could trade Kobe for a future first or, you know, multiple seconds that are maybe going to be good seconds. Um, maybe you do that. I would obviously rather have a future first. Um, if you can't do that, then obviously, again, you know, we're looking for a guy that's more of a 3-4 type guy. So if you trade like a Kobe White straight up for a Torrey Craig. That's okay by me. Um, if that's going to be something that's going to help us win now and, and have a good playoffs, you know, series. I don't like again. I don't think we're winning a title, but if we win a playoff series, I think that's huge for us. I think that's going to really help um, get Zach to send, sign the extension. So I think that's the goal here. So, um, but yeah, I'd love to use him as, Kobe, as a Kobe as a trade chip, but I just don't see him having trade value right now.
0: Yeah, and you know that's a fair argument. But okay, um, we did talk about Troy Craig. I do love you know that fit. In Chicago, how? Because he played some small ball five for Phoenix last year when mm-hmm. um, Dario Sarge tours ACL in the finals. Right. So I definitely think he could do, you know, replace that Patrick Williams for this year kind of mold. And then, you know, they have him coming off the bench next year. Mm-hmm. So the next little guys actually have a few formal bulls on them, just like Justin Holiday. Mm-hmm. We have Terrence Ross, Michael Carter Williams, and Robin Lopez of the Orlando Magic. We have Jeremy Grant, Kelly Olenek, Trey Lyles of the Detroit Pistons. And then let's throw in Jalen Smith from the Phoenix Suns, whose rookie um what's the word? Not rookie extension, rookie option here was declined. So I think that's somebody they're gonna move. So is there anybody within that list? You know, who, who was it in the
1: Suns? Suns? I'm sorry, I, I missed the name. Who was it? Jalen Smith. yeah Jay- oh, 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 oh I'm a big Jalen Smith fan. I, I I would love to have him. Um but again, I don't think that fits our timeline. I, I would love to have him. If you like if you could trade for for Cam Reddish and Jalen Smith and then like take five years off of DeMar DeRozan's life somehow and make him younger, then yeah, let's go for it. But no, I, don't, I just don't see that happening. but uh, but I like actually of, of those guys you mentioned, all those Detroit guys, I actually love all those Detroit guys. I think, I think those guys are probably all great fits, honestly. Um, Jeremy Grant is a guy I'm, I'm advocating for the bulls to trade for. I would lo- absolutely love to have him. Obviously he's a starter level talent. Um, and this isn't necessarily, again, the bulls are, are rumored to go after a backup for Jeremy Grant. Um, I don't see him being a backup four at this point. You know, he, he went and, and was the guy in Detroit and proved that he could be the guy in Detroit. He had a pretty good season last season. Uh, this season, I think he's been a little down, but um, still, he's still pretty solid. Um, just a two-way player. Fits kind of like that Tobias Harris mold a little bit, I think. Um, you know, I, I love him. I would, I would take him definitely if we could get him. I just don't know what it would take. Um, if we could put some kind of uh, package together, uh, with some young guys, obviously like Kobe White, Ayo uh, Sumu, and uh, not Patrick Williams. I don't want to get rid of him, but maybe that, maybe a first of, uh, or a future first or something like that. Um, then, then I would absolutely do it, but I just don't know if that's enough to get that get him from the Pistons. I could see us getting more of a guy like Kelly Olynyk or Trey Lyles. Uh, Trey Lyles, actually, that's a really interesting. I didn't even think about that name before, but that's really interesting to name to pick up or to bring up. Um, I think he would fit really well. I love that he comes from, you know, the San Antonio Spurs and and Popovich and and has had some training there, obviously. Uh, He's a team player. Um, You know, I I would love to get Thad Young back, too, since we're talking about the Spurs. Maybe you have him in your next two guys. But uh, but no, yeah, I think Trey Lyles fits kind of that mold also, um, you know, where he can kind of be a hybrid three, four, a little bit, uh, he can shoot the ball. Um, he can defend. So, uh, I do like that name a bit and Kelly Olenek. I'm just a big Kelly O fan. Uh, but he can play power forward next to Vooch. No problem. I think he, you know, he's uh, a creator also, he can stretch the floor. Uh, you know, and, and that's really kind of what we're looking for. Someone that can knock down an open three and, um, not, not be a total slouch on the offensive end. Defensively, it'd be a little tricky. I think playing him next to Vooch. Um, I don't know if he'd want to play off the bench. Maybe he would. I don't know, but he'd be an excellent backup if, if that's the case. If you wanted to play 20 minutes off the bench, um, that'd be fantastic too. So, so I do like those Detroit guys. Um, there was one guy you mentioned before too. I can't remember now. Who is who are the first guys you mentioned?
0: <laughs> it was the Magic guy, so Robin Lopez, Michael Carter oh, okay. Williams, and Terrence Ross.
1: Okay, yeah, Terrence Ross. Yeah, I got a little interest in him. Uh, more of an offensive guy though, so I don't think I don't think that's a great fit, honestly. So, so the, the Detroit guys are probably the guys I'd be most interested in. Okay, my next tier of guys I have
0: now shifted to the Western Conference. So I have Justice Winslow, Kyle Anderson, Veggie Bullock, Jamichael Green, and Toy and Prince.
1: I am interested in almost all of those guys. Um, I like
0: all of them full of Bulls. Yeah, in
1: yeah, I do like all. I do like I, Justice Winslow is an interesting one. I um, I've always been a fan of his. He, I mean, he, the problem is he doesn't stretch the floor. He doesn't really have a jump shot, so that's a little bit of an iffy one. Um, Kyle Anderson's a guy I've seen a lot with with link to the Bulls, just being just rumors. I mean, nothing that serious. Um, and I would love that, obviously. I just don't know. I mean, do you really think that Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies, are going to let go of Kyle Anderson? I mean, I, I just don't see it happening. Um, what do you think?
0: I mean, my thing with the Grizzlies, and again, I know for everyone who listens, you guys know I do my mock. Trade deadline, my mock off season. Keith is actually going to be participating in it um, as one of the teams this year, or two of the teams actually. But anyway, um, Anderson. I mean, the and I bring up the mock trade deadline because I give every team, everybody team agendas, and I think the Grizzlies' biggest team agenda is you know condensing that roster. Mm-hmm. They are definitely just about the deepest team in the NBA. Oh sure, yeah. But again, Kyle Anderson. It's not that I don't think they give him up. But then you're right, the issue would be what would it really take? Because figure, they would take like a Kobe White and Troy Brown if they want to get younger, then you know that's adding more guys when I'm saying they're trying to condense. So, yeah. I mean, too much depth is a good issue to have. I don't know. May- if they value Kobe White that highly, then the Grizzlies have made multiple moves when they went from Valanciunas to Steven Adams to acquire the extra first-round pick and move up in the draft. I mean, the Grizzlies are a team that's going to keep – even though they're competing, keep trying to get younger if they can. So mm-hmm. that's why I think maybe like a Kobe White's three team mm-hmm. trade with Slowmo going back. I think that's a possibility.
1: If it's a possibility, I mean, I'd love to have Slowmo. I, I, you know, he's, I've watched him for a while now. He's, um he's very skilled. Obviously he fits perfectly. I mean, he's not a high usage player, um, plays both sides of the floor. I mean, it's, yeah, he'd be perfect. So I would take that in a heartbeat. Um, Reggie Bullock was another guy you brought up, um, you know, obviously, just the, the range there, just just creating, you know, just more opportunities for Rusevich and, and Derozan inside by being a guy that can step out and, and hit a three any old time. I love I love that, obviously. Uh, and he'd be a bench player. He'd be somebody that would come off the bench. That that's probably some guy that you know they're they're really seriously looking at. Um, I can't remember the last guy you said there. Who was the last guy? Um, Toy and Fence. Three friends, yeah. Uh that's probably I mean, that's probably my least favorite as far as like just personally being excited by it. I mean, you know, I could see them getting him. Uh again, just a, a guy that's, you know, again, three, four kind of hybrid that uh more of a three, so but but you know, a guy that would that would definitely fit, more of a defensive minded player. Uh I can see them, yeah, getting him. But I think as far as like the likelihood of getting, I think Reggie Wilk is probably the most likely of those guys. Um the one I'd love the most, obviously, is, is just I would love to have um who did I say before? <laughs> no, I'm forgetting the one we slow were talking mo? about before that. Yeah, slow mo. Yeah, and Kyle Anderson. Not, we both forgot. he's so forgettable. We both forgot about him as you we were talking about him. But yeah, he, but no, it's like that. he
0: plays in slow motion or something.
1: He does. He's crazy. Anyways, yeah, no, that's great. <laughs>
0: okay, so then I have you know basically one more tier of just guys. Uh-huh. Um, I put Marvin Bagley on this list, but you know your same response to Cam Reddish and um. Yeah. Again, forgetting names. Jalen Smith. Yeah. They're not really gonna go young, so uh, Marvin Bagley, Siltraddock. I so I'm just gonna throw yeah. that out there. But Mohawkless, mm-hmm. Robert Covington, and Larry Nance, which mm-hmm. are um. I know you guys definitely talked about Nance on one of the most recent podcasts when you were talking mm-hmm. about trade targets. Um, there could be a world where you get Thaddeus Young back. So I right. threw him on the list. He'd have to go to another team before yeah. going to Chicago.
1: Or they have to cut him and we, we could yeah. sign him. Yeah.
0: But, um, and then I had Danor House, David Nwamba, and Jay Sean Tate on the Houston Rockets.
1: Oh, I love Nwamba. I love Nwamba.
0: Ken Rich Williams on OKC, uh, and then Josh Hart on the Pelicans. And then that's my list. So uh, I know yeah. I threw a lot of guys out
1: there. No, 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 yeah, that's a lot of them. I'll try to remember them all. Uh, but Noaba was the guy. You know, I'm just gonna go ahead and talk about him because you brought him up, and, and that's the guy that I immediately had a reaction to. And a guy, I think that's a, a realistic target for the Bulls. Very realistic. And, he yeah, fits and
0: I right in the trade exception that you have, the five million dollars. Yeah,
1: in. yeah, the, I'm sure his salary. Yeah, I, obviously you know way more about that than I do, but yeah, it, I'm sure his salary fits in very well. Um, it's a guy, and, and again, this is a guy. He was on the Bulls before, has a connection with the Bulls organization um you know there's obviously been a lot of turnover there but that that's always goes for something i mean you know we still have the same announcers and stuff like that i mean there's still parts of the organization that are still the same obviously so i think there's a, a connection there and the rockets aren't going anywhere so you know why wouldn't they if they can get uh, you know again this is a, a kobe white for a nawaba straight up swap i mean i don't see from a rocket standpoint why you wouldn't take that i think kobe I white has a, yeah i think kobe white has exa- a way higher ceiling uh, and I do think Nwaba fits fits the bulls better because the Bulls need uh a guy that's uh, this is a high motor guy. He not only plays defense, he also uh works the boards, from what I remember, you know, watching him play with the bulls. Works the boards, uh, you know, drives and, and dishes with with efficiency. Uh doesn't necessarily shoot the rock well, doesn't necessarily shoot the three ball very well, so that's a, a a minus there. Um but again, if you're looking for a backup four, I think you could do worse than than Noaba. So I love that name. Um and now I'm gonna space on like all the other names you said, but okay, uh,
0: <laughs> Mohawk. I'm gonna just go one by yeah. one. We'll just briefly touch on that. Mohawkless, yeah. I think you know he's just a guy. He'll help. He won't hurt. He could play you know 15 minutes a night off the bench for you, but he's not really gonna you know take you to the next level. Mm. Um, Larry Anch Jr. I find intriguing because you guys could have yeah. had him for marketing yeah. straight up,
1: and we took and then yeah.
0: instead they took Derek uh, Jones Jr. Yeah. yeah, they took Derek Jones Jr. and then got the first round pick.
1: Uh, I think they want to draft – well, they like you said, they 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 just traded all their draft assets. So, so they had to Yeah, getting draft assets back was really important to them. So I, I don't think it, even if they knew in hindsight what, what uh, you know, Derek Jones Jr. versus Larry Nance, I just don't – I don't think they they take Larry Nance. But I would love to have him on my team. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Sorry. Continue.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, he could play some that small ball five because – I know Vooch has been pretty brutal. It looks like they're overplaying him this year. seems like he's playing a bit too many minutes. But uh, who's the direct backup to him? Are they playing Tony Bradley at all? Or... Um, you know, they're, yeah, Tony playing.
1: Bradley does get it. Uh, so it's it's really matchup-based because they've got Tony Bradley. They've got Elise Johnson. They've got um, Derek Jones Javante, Jr.'s played. Javante
0: Green. Javante Green.
1: Well, he's, played, he's been playing the four, not necessarily the five. It's been more so. So it's been Vooch and then... Uh, Tony Bradley and Derek Jones Jr. are probably the three that have played the most center for us. Um, and, and the realist, realistically, Stephen, I mean, the, the, the answer is we don't have a great backup center. So Vooch has to have be out there for 30, 35 minutes. And I think that's the plan. Uh, and we can talk a little bit about that, too. But I think that's the plan is to, to really just play the heck out of him. Try to really get him to uh, have a, a high trade value by the end of the season. And then in the offseason or maybe midway through next season, depending on when the time strikes and everything works out to trade Vooch. I think Vooch is, is is our tradable asset. I think he's making 22 million next season. Um, you know, you're gonna find a team that's that's tanking or not doing as well as they thought they would, that's got a 20, 25 million dollar player that's on their books that they'll want to move. And uh, Vooch is that guy that you're gonna include in that trade to to really take this team from being a okay we're maybe a, a play on play in team or a playoff team to oh my gosh, this is actually a title contender. So I don't think, you know, I don't think Vuce is the long-term solution here. I think, um, yeah, you want to say the Bulls are playing him too many minutes. I mean, maybe, maybe they are. Uh, but in the minutes that he's been playing, he just hasn't looked good. Uh, and I think the reason for that is, is a little bit twofold. I think the reason for that is, is first, it's just a mental thing. He's still getting to his spots and getting getting shots up. He's got the yips a little bit. Uh, so it's, it's been a little bit difficult to watch. Um, he's... he's putting up that hook over his shoulder and not getting like all the way around with his shoulders, like little things like that, which, you know, you can, sit back and quarterback qb all you want in your chair but when you're out there playing you know it's a different story so he's just got a little bit of the yips and a little bit of a mental block right now the second thing is is that you know he's still adjusting i think to playing on a team where he's not just the central focus which uh you know that was a little bit last year too it was a little bit difficult for him to play with zach levine so uh, i just don't think this guy's the long-term solution um, and i know i'm kind of bailing a little early on Nick nikluvusovich as opposed to other bulls fans and other bulls experts. Uh, and I love Vooch. I think he does exactly what the bulls need. Um, as in terms of his skill set. he scores from all three levels. And, uh, I think even defensively, he's not a slouch. He's not bad. Um, people give him a bad rap and he has bad, really, when you look at the bad highlights of him playing defense, it looks really bad, but on a whole, I mean, he's pretty average. He's pretty, he's pretty average to above average. So he's a little bit, a little bit better than average, I would think. Um, but I just don't think – I don't think he's a long-term guy. So I think I think the, the Bulls probably trade Vucevic at, you know, next season, either this offseason or next season.
0: Okay. And, yeah, it's going to be, you know, interesting, the return, because you see teams like Golden State where they still, after all these years, small balls working for them. Like, I'm not saying it's taking over because not by any means. We saw dominant big men like, you know, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, um, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns. They don't want to leave anybody out. But my point is, you know, are the Bulls going to shift to that where they're going to start playing more small ball? And a guy like Larry Nance or the next guy on my list, Thaddeus Young, we've seen him play small ball five for the Bulls before, and they've had success with it. So I know it was nice for the Bulls to recoup the first-round pick by getting Portland this year, and Portland's is already protected. Portland has lost nine out of ten. They fall in the lottery. The Bulls, you know, that pick's not even conveyed for the next few years. So it's something that they're going to have in the treasure chest.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, the Bulls have gone to that small ball five uh, quite a lot this season. So I think it is something that's in play. Um, but I don't think it's something – I mean, you can't play a small ball five against a Joel Embiid or a, uh, you know, Nikola Jokic. I mean, we, we, we've seen what – I personally have seen what happens when, when that – when we do that you need at least one big that's competent in your team so it's always going to be a part of the game because of guys like that and I'm I'm appreciative of that i like watching uh, embiid and, and jokic play because i like um I won't say. I mean, I don't like. You know, it's kind of like an old. It's like old white guy thing. Like, oh, you like watching two guys like just banging against each other at the post. That's not what I'm talking about. If you watch Joel Embiid play or Nikola Jokic play, that's not what they do. Um, that's not the game anymore. It's not. It's not what centers do. But, but having that height and being able to shoot over anybody. I mean, you watch Embiid take those fadeaways from you know 12, 13, 14 feet away. There's no blocking it, right? And and uh, you know, he gets his position with his big body, and he still. That's still part of the game. But when he puts up the shot, it's not necessarily, you know, backing him down and then turning around and doing a hook shot or something like that. That's just not necessarily what happens every single time. So um, so because of guys like that, you still need a competent center on your team. So I don't see the Bulls or anybody in the league being successful with going completely small, like we saw the Rockets go completely entirely small ball five. And that just mm-hmm. it was kind of a gimmick, right? <laughs> so so I don't think that's going to happen.
0: <laughs> okay. Last two guys on my list. I know we've been talking about getting a backup center, small ball fives, whatever. Here's two wings for you. Josh Hart, which I think a guy like him, he would fit on any team. He's a good, solid 3 and D guy who's one of the best rebounding guards in the league. I mean, so yeah, he would fit in the Bulls, I think, perfectly the same Mm -hmm. way he would fit perfectly on almost any other team.
1: Yeah. And that might be that might be even the best out of the guys that are realistically available. Um, and and the thing, the reason it is the best is because of what you mentioned, which is one of the things the Bulls struggle with uh, rebounding. I mean, like I said, Vooch is, is so vital to our team, not just because of what he brings offensively, defensively, uh, but because of his rebounding. I mean, he he's out there being the sole guy that's going to grab those boards. So Josh Hart is is perfect. I, if Josh Hart's available, we can get him. Uh, that's the guy I'm looking for us to add around around the deadline. And, again, this isn't, you know, he's not going to start probably. Uh, I think Javante Green even still starts over him but uh, if he does come to the Bulls. But I think this is a guy that, uh, you know, again, helps. Like you said, 3 and D, he helps with the three-pointers, he helps with the defense, but also the biggest thing he helps with, which is our biggest weakness right now, is just the rebounding aspect. It's just so difficult to watch sometimes uh, when you've got, you know, Four guards basically on the floor. You've got Alex Crusoe playing the, the the power forward. So, uh, so yeah, I could see that for sure.
0: And yeah, as I said, you took the words out of my mouth with that because, as I said, he he really does a guy like him fits everywhere, and that's why a lot of these Villanova guys that are coming into the league are just kind of plug and play guys. You could play them. In. Same thing with Sadiq Bay, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. So, yeah, yeah, Villanova's, you know. we Really a wagon over there. Yeah. My last guy, I know we said slow-mo, we weren't sure if he was available or not. What about Ken Rich He's way cheaper. You know he's on a tanking team, so they would move him with the pressures right. Yeah. He's the same kind of like slow motion, yeah. very high IQ, but doesn't process the game the
1: quickest either, type yeah. guy. Similar yeah. to Slow-mo. Mm. So Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind him. I think I think I'm I'm probably higher than at least you know three or four other guys in that same tier of player um, than him. So it's not my my favorite target. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've watched him play a little bit here here and there in OKC. I don't catch too many OKC games because it's just they're just hard to watch sometimes. And that's coming from a guy I'm living in Wichita, Kansas. So I'm only like two or three hours away from OKC, uh, and I still can't bring myself to watch them too much. So. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I would take him. I, I think I think he's the mobile guy. Uh, so I think you're right about that. But I think I'm more excited by, like, three or four guys that are in the same tier.
0: Okay. So, hey, quickly, before we sign off, we want to also remind you to use our coupon code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. Also, take time to check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign-up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. So... Keith, it was great having you on. Um, as I said, the Bulls are like all the rage nowadays or so I've heard. <laughs> I mean, up-and-coming team, exciting. DeMar DeRozan yep. is injecting life in himself and that team. Mm. So, yeah, it was the perfect team I want to cover, and you were the perfect guy to help me put it together. So you could find me at um, Bird Raids Pod. You can listen to my other podcast, The NBA Goal. This is a Sports Ethos production. Keith, where can everybody
1: find you? You can find me on Twitter at BSBP Keith, and you can find our show at AtEthosBulls. That's AtEthosBulls.
0: Okay. Thank you guys for listening.